Yo, happy Friday. Super dope. So, chapter 65 review uh, with Leonard and Reese coming up in a momento. Um, supposed to be a live stream for this the other night. And, uh, yeah, man, just my internet doesn't want me to do live streams, I think is what it boils down to. Um, working on maybe sorting it out, but if you do want to partake in these decision, uh, these discussions, um, patreon.com slash dragon ball super dope five dollar tier. I think next month we might be doing it through Discord. It's an evolving thing, but uh, might be putting the kibosh on uh, live streams on, on YouTube for uh, a little bit, maybe. Um, uh, anyway, fun episode. Audio is just from the Zoom, so bear with me there. Obviously, I had other issues with this app but um it's a fun discussion about a shitty chapter word word um in regards to that presidential debate i'm sure some of us just watched if you could come out of that debate and think trump did well which uh, a bunch of my friends on facebook seem to think he did well because he wasn't trying to yell through a mute button i guess that gave like a false sense of poise to some people um, if you're coming out of that thinking he did well, you are an idiot. Uh, and next week, I'm dedicating an entire episode uh, to um, politics. Uh, I'm going to have my buddy Jerry come on. Uh, he does a podcast called The New Deal. Uh, new is N-U. His last name is Nutini. Uh, I've been friends with Jerry for almost 20 years now, probably. Uh, been in and out of bands together. Um his brother is one of my best friends going back, uh, you know, 20 years, whatever. But uh, I went on his show, uh, recorded an episode with him yesterday about some of my uh, hot button um, issues with the current administration. Uh, I think that should be going up maybe today. So if it is, I'll put a link in the show notes. I'll we'll double check. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the places. The New Deal. N-U. New Deal. That's a car driving by, keeping the window open. It's been nice out today. Um, yeah, so go check that out, and I will be having Jerry on for our episode next Wednesday. If you uh, want to hear me rant about politics in earnest and not just you know in passing in 30-second uh, intervals where I'm mainly yelling about Nazis, uh, you'll get to hear some of his insights on the current political climate. Um, all right, last thing, uh, Friday, right? Yeah, it's Friday. Um, Jimmy and I think maybe Mike Norm are coming by tonight and uh, we're going to open up um, this Tenkaichi Budokai Dragon Stars ring, uh, which like has this really big, crazy, destructible environment and, and fuck around and check that out. So if you want to uh, come hang out with us for a little bit, uh, we're going to do an Instagram live stream, I would assume probably after 7 p.m. Eastern. So if you're not following us on Instagram, go do that at dbsuperdope. Um, all right, that's it. That's all the things. Enjoy this chapter review. I'll talk to you next week, wherein I will berate you with my political opinions and trying to get you to vote, especially if you live in a swing state like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. Hell, Florida might even be a swing state. What the fuck's happening this year? Weird. All right. Have a good Friday. Enjoy the chapter. Super dope. <laughs> Welcome into Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. This originally was supposed to be a uh, live stream on the YouTube, but we just spent the last 20 minutes uh, trying not to kill me because I want to just kill me after the last 20 minutes. Um, we typically try to do a live stream or a live discussion uh, once a month for the latest manga chapter for Dragon Ball Super. Um, I am joined today uh, by my partner for these manga reviews, uh, my boy Leonard. Wondered, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, you know, just living, you know, living just, it up Gary's way. I don't know who Gary is. Explain. Uh, SpongeBob, Gary, who's, Gary who's the Snail. Oh. Oh, sorry. The, the proper enunciation. Suspongeboob. Anyway, we extend these conversations to our patrons uh, each month and uh, ask them to sit in and give us some of their thoughts on. Uh, the chapter overall, uh, each of the last few months, I've been joined. We've been joined by my buddy, Reese from Australia. Uh, Reese, are you there, man? How you doing? Hey, brother. How are you? I'm hanging and banging, man, in the best way possible. 
Um, <laughs> I'm happy that you were able to join us today. I hopeful that one of these months, some of the other patrons will be able to jump on and voice their opinions as well. But it's a little intimidating, man. I, I might make fun of you straight up. So um, right. I can understand the reservations there. But uh, we're here to talk about Dragon Ball Super Chapter 65, uh, Son Goku, Earthling today. So since the tournament of power wrapped up and the moral arc became, uh, you know, the first new story that we've had to ingest or digest through ways of the manga, as opposed to the anime first, they've sort of adapted some of the um, anime marketing strategies and that they let these manga panel sketches leak a couple of uh, weeks early each month. And, um, this month, the panels that they chose to let leak were uh, of Goku in this recent chapter deciding to give Moro a senzu bean. We don't really have context for it. Uh, we don't have any text to go along with it. But, um, yeah, we all we saw for the better part of a week was Goku was about to give Moro a senzu bean. And the internet blew up and not the most positive of ways uh, in this fandom regarding the writing ability of, uh, of Toyotaro. So I have my own thoughts about it that I want to share with you guys, but um, Leonard, I'll start with you. Uh, when you saw the panel scans uh, last week and knew that Moral was going to get a Senzu Bean, uh, what did you think of, uh, of that plot development? Well, uh, definitely one of my friends. Uh, shout out to him, Grimlock. Uh, he yo, Grimlock's your boy. He's one of my favorite yeah. people on Twitter, man. He's oh a, yeah, he's he amazing. My stuff, but I, he likes a lot of my tweets. He's good people. He is uh, the best of energies and the funniest of dudes, in my opinion. Um, but usually, when see Grimlock and I have a love hate relationship when it comes to manga, because when it comes to the Dragon Ball Super manga. He always leaks it, always spoils it, and finds a way. <laughs> now, recently, he had been good, and he was talking about it, and then I was like, hey, just letting you know, I don't want spoilers. And luckily, he was nice enough to be like, okay, I'm not going to spoil it. Sure. Because it's already everywhere on Twitter. <laughs> so, yeah. um, But when I first saw it, I was like, okay, obviously, everyone's in the same agreement. It's calling back to the saga. So... That's cool. I guess that's cool. Yeah. So I was looking at it and I didn't really want to look at it. So I tried to avoid it. But thoughts came up and I was just like, huh. Maybe I don't want to read this chapter. <laughs> that's really? like the first time I've actually felt unmotivated to read the moral art chapters. Wow. Or really anything in general. Yeah, it was a little demotivating, not going to lie. And I think the visceral reaction we got from the fandom was definitely um, understandable in a lot of ways. Reese, how about you, dude? Pending you can answer while you're at your work site uh, this morning um, in Australia, mate. Um, what did you think about the leaked panels last week? I was just like, here we go again. Nothing original. Like, why are we going backwards? Back to the cell arc again. We did that with Android 16, the farewell Paul Walker scene, now this. Yeah, and again, I think it's kind of understandable that certain people have, uh, or, or some people within the fandom have seen or drawn the parallels to that cell callback. That's appropriate and understandable. Um, I think the context in which the sense of being is given is um, different. Um, the cell arc, it's more about like, my son's about to whoop your ass. I'm so overconfident about it. Here's a senzu bean. This one, even yeah. though we did not have the benefit of context last week with just the picture to go off of, um, the context we didn't have ultimately ends up being, hey, I want you to um, reform, go back to prison. And ultimately, you know, Goku works toward the whole I want to fight you thing again. We didn't have the benefit of that kind of context last week. We just knew that it was horseshit. It's still horseshit. <laughs> it's still horseshit. Well, here's one thing that I wanted to make sure that we addressed uh, while we were all together. Um, 
I had a little bit of an uphill battle this week in terms of um, people and their thoughts on the moral arc. Um, so I don't talk about this person very often anymore on the pod, and most of the episodes in which I have talked about him have been uh, subsequently ripped down. Um, because, you know, trying to make nice. We're, we're cool these days. But uh, Geekdom put out this video about Toyotaro kind of having to bear the blame on this arc and how it's gone south so quickly because it's more or less a confirmed thing that this arc is, quote-unquote, Toyotaro's arc. Now, he posted a, a, a status about it on Facebook and just said, hey, you know, he's a dog shit writer, whatever. And I just saw all of his boys, you know, yeah, man, you were right. This guy's a hack, blah, 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 like pile on. And I couldn't resist, obviously. And I had to chime in and say, hey, why are we blaming Toyotaro again? Um, you know, this is my understanding of how, you know, Dragon Ball is written these days. Um, I think that, Reese, if you could just mute your mic for me, please. Yep. Thanks, brother. Um, I think this is how um, Dragon Ball is written these days, and it's been sort of a, a decently documented thing since Super came back. It's, um, it's very much a group effort in a lot of ways. Um, it started in you know way of just a strictly an anime production, and then the manga was catching up subsequently for a while, and now we're at a point where the manga is ahead. And a lot of the argument that I saw hitched to this whole thing about it being Toyotaro's arc and him being the, the responsible guy for this poor writing, it was hinged off of this uh, translation uh, of an interview that Toyotaro had and, you know, Shonen Jump, Japanese to English translation. And the line basically reads something like, it's very exciting when I bring my uh, scripts or drafts to, to Toriyama for approval get his feedback something to that extent um basically it implies that toyotaro writes it and then toriyama has to either give it the thumbs up or the thumbs down okay that makes sense um in sort of like a, a broader like overview i guess like toriyama is not making up panels he's not doing scripting decisions anything like that um Toyotaro does those things. Toriyama looks them over, either says yes or no, gives notes, they make adjustments, etc. But before Toyotaro ever even puts pen to paper, there is a, a at least an idea of where the story chapter month to month is about to head. And those ideas and those parameters from which the story is about to work in that Toyotaro has to put pen to page on, those decisions aren't made by him. I don't know who those decisions are made by. They may be made by Toriyama. They may be made by Toei. They could be made by Shueisha, any combination of people. But the greater point is they're definitely not made by Toyotaro. And to say uh, that he is to shoulder the blame for the poor writing, the sudden turn in poor writing in this moral arc, um, namely the Senzu Bean thing. Like this is what kicked off the entire conversation. Like Goku giving Moro a Senzu Bean does not make sense pretty much at all, at all. From a writing perspective, from a plot perspective, it doesn't make sense. Um, and that's one thing that Geekdom and I 100% agree on. He just put it out there that Toyotaro's to blame. And, and I don't think he is. So when he put up this Facebook status, I chimed in with this. And said, hey, man, uh, this is how I understand it to work. He's got very specific uh, corporate um, you know, guidelines to work within. And uh, I don't think anyone you know, is, is to blame in particular. This is what I think is the problem is that they've got this money machine um, printing called Dragon Ball. And it's within this time frame of the end of Boo and um, the end of Z. And so long as they stay within that time frame, uh, they can just give us as much, um, you know, regurgitated nonsense as they want to give us. And they know that we'll still consume it. Um, that's kind of on us for sure. Um, my point in all of it is for one dude to make a YouTube video 
based off of a, a translation from Japanese to English. And all of a sudden, the majority of the fandom is asking for this dude's head on a platter. It's fucked up, Danny. In case you hear this, that's fucked up. When I rebutted him and said, hey, I kind of feel like it's more of a corporate um, group effort. He was like, yeah, no, I do too. To which I was like, all right, so that means you're talking out of both sides of your mouth on this. Which, which is it? It's both was his response. We may never know 100% who is responsible for what, basically. Which is exactly my point that I've been making to you guys over the last several minutes. We're never going to know who's responsible for what definitively. So for a YouTuber to put it out there that Toyotaro is responsible for this poor writing and this poor decision-making and uh, everybody else in terms of the tiers of quality control and the checks and balances against that dude, Toyotaro at the end of the day is just a fucking artist in a lot of ways. He just draws the panels because Tori Toriyama's hands are you know, old and fat probably. Um, he is delivering the message of a corporate entity who is headed up by Akira Toriyama at the top of it. And he probably even then has very minimal involvement for a YouTuber to take his platform as big as his is and turn a bunch of people against Toyotaro for no reason at all. It's not only not cool, it's just irresponsible, dude. So for you to, you know, go back on your word and essentially talk out of both sides of your mouth on this issue after I bring up a couple of valid points, and for you to still be running with that narrative, it's it's just troubling to me. Like, I don't know. We made nice. We're cool, I guess. But um, I don't think he's ever going to come on the show and talk to me about this. If you do, Danny, if you want to come on, you know that the, the door is open. But you just did some click shit that you did. Like, the, it's the equivalent of what you did last year about Dragon Ball Super returning in 2019. I I don't know, man. You're making enough money off YouTube to not have to do this kind of clickbaity shit. Act better. Be better. You're not doing the Dragon Ball fandom any favors. Just please, this is me asking you very personally, Danny Geekdom 101. Cut it out, dude. All right. That's my, that's my piece. That's what I had to get out. This is the reason we're even really doing this episode. And we'll talk about the rest of the shit chapter manga in a minute, but... Just had to get that out up front. Any thoughts you guys want to get out? Leonard, Reese, what you got? Well, definitely for me. Uh, I would agree, definitely, obviously. Um, we shouldn't be turning against each other, especially towards a person who is not only like a person who is, a, you can even say, very blessed to work with the Dragon Ball team, but the fact that he is a fan like us and just because of that, like, I mean, the way I think about it is like this. Say you want to make music. Okay. I make music you want to make music. Time. You got a guitar. You, I you do have, have a, a guitar. Exactly. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a guitar. You're ready to make music. You get that one song that makes it. And it gets thousands of millions of listens and whatever. And then you get into corporate and you're like, hey, we're going to sign you a deal. They sign you a deal. Are you going to take it? Hell yeah. Because unless you're one of two people, the person is like, yeah, I'm going to take it, but I'm still going to own my own stuff or I'll take it because I just want to be famous and I need to make money. In which I'm not necessarily sure for Toyotaro, that's the deal. But of course, I'm digressing. But to make a long story short, you learn the ins and outs of the business. You get to learn, OK, what can I write? What can I not write? Because I bet you a lot, of, a lot of the fans even would say, oh, I could write a better chapter. OK, then do it. Mm. Get, get to the point where you get as big as Toyotaro so that he can act, that you actually get recognized and you get to see that. Until then, do not hunt this man down. He is trying to do the dragon. He's trying to do what he loves and enjoy it. You shouldn't be hating on a person who's trying to do what he does, even though granted, yes, most of us can agree. We did not like this chapter or some of us may not enjoy this arc, but at the same time, this is a man who's truly loving this arc or truly loving what he does and loves the Dragon Ball franchise as it is. Well, I'll push back a little bit and say, yeah, he definitely loves what we, so much of why I'm like a proponent and a, 
a fan uh, or like a fan on paper of Troy Taro is that it's cool to know that a fan is now in the driver's seat of the franchise. Like that's why I'm pulling on like I'm rooting for this guy. I want him to succeed, but I know that so much of what he's forced to deal with is, you know, kind of hindered by, you know, corporate um, profits, you know, quarterly, yearly, whatever it is, we need to sell, you know, this much Dragon Ball merchandise. We need to bring back, um, you know, Broly. We need to, you know, uh, rehash, um, you know, certain parts of the franchise in order to make something that we previously sold sellable again. And those are just a couple of things that dude like Toyotaro has to take into consideration when he's putting together a chapter. Um, For him to somehow be the catch-all, end-all, be-all blame machine for this, it's just wrong. It's wrong. It's straight up wrong. And for the people who told me in Danny's comments the other day that it was 100% confirmed and it was a factual thing that I just so happened to miss somehow being the guy who makes a fucking Dragon Ball podcast just about 200 episodes deep three years in, I somehow missed that news. I didn't, I knew it was possible that I might've missed it. So I asked like, what are you guys talking about? Did I, did I miss a, and they, they gave me a geekdom video as proof. I'm like, guys, this is not proof. This is one person taking one translation in a way that he chooses to see it in which he can sensationalize it for clicks. So again, doors open, Danny. If you want to talk about this further, I'm also going to press you a little bit on uh, Dragon Ball Super coming back in 2019. I have a lot of questions about that one still. Um, but a lot of those episodes, you know, back in the catalog, some of them may have existed or survived. Um, but in my attempt to uh, make nice with everybody, a lot of them were taken off of most of the major podcasting apps. So good luck finding them. Um, I challenge you, Mr. Listener, to go find them because that's good for download metrics. Um, But I have been on my soapbox for far too long. Uh, Chapter 65 is still a thing. We have a couple more things to talk about. Reese, before we move on from this sense be nonsense or this Geekdom 101 nonsense, anything you wanted to throw in there? At the end of the day, man, it's the guy that fucking created Dragon Ball who has the last say. And it's who he has contracts with. And their influence on it is where it goes. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not 100% happy with where the arc is going now. But as the arc prior to the last three chapters has been awesome, major character development for some of the characters. But at the end of the day, he's just another shit kicker like the rest of us that are working underneath a boss. So, is what it is. Can't just uh, blame everyone else, one person for it. So it, that's the day, he, he might he might not even like it. He must be like, this is fucking shit that Toriyama's told me to do this. But at the end of the day, he's my boss paying my paycheck and he's letting me do the thing that I love. So I'm just do what I'm told. A hundred percent. That's a great point, man, is that everybody has a boss to report to. And in terms of what you said about, you know, Toriyama being the guy at the absolute top of the food chain here. Um, I don't know, man. Like you, you read interviews with Toriyama over the last 30 years and, He's not a big Dragon Ball fan. Like he's a fan of the fact that it has gotten him paid a bunch of a, a bunch of money over the years. Um, I think he just knows what makes money for him, man. He's not interested. That's why he goes. It doesn't matter what kind of crap in, that I pull. He's that these guys are still going to watch it. He's invested in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, so long as the money machine keeps printing, he's fine. Yeah. And so long as he's got the energy to do it, it's fine. But like in terms of a fan who wants, you know, a, a story that grows a little bit more, uh, he's just not, he doesn't care whether we get that or not. And um, I just feel like that's worth pointing out for anybody again, who is ready to burn down Toyotaro and have him fired this week because of a YouTube video from one dude. That's it. Yeah, a person that's not even in the office to know what the ins and outs are anyway. It's all just guesswork, really. It's all speculation. Cause yeah, man. No one knows exactly what's going on behind closed doors. But at the same time, Toriyama can do so many more things to, you know, line his pocket. For instance, just an easy example for merchandise, make Super Saiyan 3 Vegeta an official thing. Boom, there you go. How many people have been waiting for that shit? Yeah, I mean, anyway, you know, there are definitely things out there that would let them oh, definitely that kind of merchandise. But yeah, no, that's a good example of something they could easily repurpose. 
at the same time, he could even just finish Dragon Ball right now and we'll still watch it. We'll still buy the merchandise and shit. He doesn't actually need to create any more. If he came up and actually put his heart and soul into a final movie or final three-part movie or what or season, he could make a massive killing off it. He can then draw the line and say, I don't want to create Dragon Ball anymore, move on to whatever he wants to. And we'd still chew that shit up. We'd still all watch, listen, fucking buy all the merchandise. Not that that's what I want, but yeah, but at the end of the day, we would because we love it. Exactly. We would ultimately still uh, be consuming that product for sure. Yeah, 100%. So in terms of this manga chapter here, all right, we've got the, um, you know, the stuff that was spoiled for us last week for the, uh, the manga chapter with the scans. We've kind of already thoroughly digested that and how, you know, regardless of how I feel about how convoluted the um, chain of command may be in terms of writing these chapters, we know it was a dumb move and it made no sense from a plot perspective for Goku to give this dude a, uh, a sensor bean. So now we're going to go to this next part of the chapter. He gives him the sensor bean and basically, you know, he says it with the, um, the caveat of, you know, you got to go back to space jail. Um, and, and you can't, you can't break out anymore. I'll spare you. Um, and you know, he does the, what any villain would do in those, uh, in that situation. Oh yeah, sure. Never again, buddy. I'll be good from now on. And he takes the sensu bean, he heals, you know, exponentially. Um, he does make the comment that the healing ability of the sensu bean is more so than that of seven, three. So, um, he's feeling the juice for sure. And almost immediately, he goes to, um, you know, try to stab Goku with like a, a claw hand thing through his thorax, but he can't do it because Goku's got this, um, you know, the, the mastered ultra instinct power that like instantly hardens his body and fucks up Zamasu's, uh, excuse me, we'll get to Zamasu in a second, fucks up Moro's hand. Um, and within you know, Goku kind of asking and trying to give Moro the benefit of the doubt. He asks him, you know, have you ever trained before? Wow, that's a shame. You know, if you trained, you know, you could be so much more. I've never fought somebody like you. Gives him the standard, you know, Goku line. And uh, within this little exchange, Moro kind of, you know, playing down his intentions, he sees that his hand that had been previously cut off by Maris is, you know, not too far away. And he manages to grab it, uh, basically put the gem that previously, you know, touched Maris, which now holds some of Maris's power. Um, he manages to reabsorb that and now uh, has access to the power of Ultra Instinct, um, which is kind of concerning given that um, Goku, you know, has been uh, using Master Ultra Instinct to whip some ass to this point. So at this point in the chapter, I'm like, all right, this is cool. At least this is interesting. Um, now we'll get to see two, you know, mastered ultra instinct uh, fighters go at one another. This will be fun to watch. Um, doesn't take long for that to, to change. Uh, were you surprised, Leonard, that um, Moro ended up being a real shitbag for the 30th time in a row? Uh, what's another word for No. Um, negative. 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 Um, yeah, Reese, I'm going to assume that you feel the same way. So that way we can just move on to this next part because, man, I don't, I don't get it. I, 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 it's not like it's unprecedented for Goku to give a villain the benefit of the doubt, even give them some, you know, energy to heal them or whatever to help them escape or, you know, fend for themselves. This isn't an unprecedented thing. For those who said this makes no sense, this isn't within the character of Goku. Eh. I mean, it kind of makes sense of the character of Goku, but within the context, it doesn't make sense. Like Goku has already been tricked and fooled by this dude several times over. He's already, um, you know, consumed way too much life and caused too much death. Uh, Goku should not, obviously have given this dude the benefit of the doubt, but he did. And now we're going to have to pay the consequences of seeing what Moro can do with this, uh, this ultra instinct power that he's since absorbed, uh, reabsorbed from Maris. So 
Um, it doesn't take long uh, for them to realize, um, you know, as his body starts to bulge and get bigger and get more grotesque. And um, I think it's all safe to say, I think we all agree that Moro has been a callback to so many different Dragon Ball Z villains or Dragon Ball villains uh, throughout the history of the, of the manga, of the, uh, of the anime. Um, I think a lot of it to this point has been Shades of King Piccolo. Early parts of the arc had some Namek Saga stuff because of the, um, you know, intergalactic nonsense and lots of people that you had to fight. Um, lots of shades of cell once the absorption stuff came in. And at the beginning of the arc, given all the magic stuff and the tie to the Daikaioshin, um, Majin Buu. Like, there's just been so many ties to previous um, villains for Moro that I didn't expect them to try to fit in one more. Um, but within this arc, after he um, absorbs the power of Ultra Instinct, he starts to get all big and grotesque, and it's very reminiscent of uh, of Zamasu, of, of corrupted Zamasu. Once one half of him is, is dead at the end of the Trunks arc, and he gets all purple. And there's a there's one shot in particular of like his big, you know, exaggerated, elongated forearm, like trying to land a hit on dude. And that's the Masu as it gets, but um, it eventually evolves into um, as where Zamasu eventually became one with like the universe and that the end of that arc. And like, you see his face infinitely in the sky and Zeno has to show up and hit a race. Um, it, it, they kind of turn that one on its head, pun intended, and uh, make his head part of the earth. And he's, He's just part of the earth now. So in terms of the visuals of this stuff, uh, Leonard, how'd you feel about this? I thought it was kind of gross, man. Um, I kind of liked it. Uh, I liked it from the standpoint that they actually made it look grotesque. I like the fact that how uh, there's a callback to where Goku literally says, like, I trained and I put my body through this to actually work on it just fine. Or I think we said it. Um, but then Moro's like all of a sudden just getting like really like you can see his body is not taking it well, which honestly I thought that they were going to try to end it there, but sadly no. Uh, but I did like, I did like the art style. Um, I did like how they, I mean, of course I, I'm like the biggest fan of the Zamasu arc, like the biggest fan. Really? No matter what. Did you like how it ended is. too or what? Uh, no, but um I did like most of the characters in the Zamasu arc. Um, but I do, I did, I, I kind of, I'll say this as a callback to the Zamasu arc, I didn't necessarily like it, but I did kind of like the art style. Um, just because to me, I was just like, okay, like they're going to make it so that it's like Zamasu, but instead that his body can't control it. Maybe he gets rid of it, but he learns some of the techniques. Like he knows how to just let his body do its own thing. Which... Yeah. And ultimately I think they do a good job explaining why he doesn't pan out for more yeah. on this. And like his body's not prepared for this level of godly power. So that's yeah. why it starts to do that whole blow up dysmorphia thing. Exactly. Um, I think it makes sense. Um, I do think though that the callback is so apparent. Like I think it's another example of, you know, this is something I've previously been given approval on. If I'm, you know, from the stance of Toyotaro, um, I'm just going to go with this previously approved art panel. Like, same perspective, same pose, same, you know, character design for this um, corrupted version of Moro, Ultra Instinct, whatever. But he ultimately um, starts to blow up and you know, as we six or Goku explains, you know, he doesn't have his body doesn't have the capability to be able to withstand this kind of, to be able to withstand this kind of power. Um, you see a moment of worry come over Whis in a panel, and all of a sudden he's like, "Hey, Goku, stop fucking around! Like, we need to end this sooner rather than later. We can't let him, you know, continue to uh, adapt to the situation, basically." And no sooner does Weiss give that warning, it's um, 
made apparent to the viewer, the reader, that uh, because he couldn't contain his power, he needed to take on a bigger vessel or a stronger vessel and able to um, withstand and withhold all that power. Uh, with no available fighters or anything for him to be able to take over, he ends up just becoming one with the entire planet of Earth. So now um, the fate of Moro is tied to the fate of the planet Earth. Um, if we defeat Moro, we're going to have to defeat the Earth, essentially is the kind of predicament they frame us up with at the end of this chapter. Um, what would you think of that one? Uh, personally, I kind of like the design of that in a sense. The big mouth blast thing that comes out of the, the ground. I, I like the fact that they made it so that it tied in a little bit more with the earth. I like it because, I mean, of course, you've heard v- villains threaten all the time. I'm going to destroy the earth and whatever. And yeah, some of them get close to doing it. But then, of course, you know what happens. But I like this one a little bit more because it gives you a different thought process where it's like, oh, okay, you know, that's something really out of left field that you wouldn't think of. Like, you wouldn't think some magical being is like, okay, I'm going to become the Earth now. Like, no one no one would ever think that. So, in a sense, I did like that, but I don't like it because... Uh, a side note, too, also, yeah. that I really liked the fact that Weiss was literally like, okay, you need to, like, you need to get rid of him. Because well, my question is is like what's up with that warning? You know what I mean? For him yeah. to have the ability to, to tap his staff two times and do a temporal rewind. Um, I feel like and, and they make reference to it. They say, you know, the um the the power that it will take for this dude to, you know, be taken care of could very much eliminate the entire universe seven. Um but for Weiss to take notice and, and make that comment, um, my brain is, he seemed concerned for one of the only times that I can think of in, in Dragon Ball Super. Um, and I wonder what that concern stems from. I mean, obviously he doesn't want to lose his universe because that probably puts him in a, an inactive right. angel situation. But um, also there's probably ramifications from, I assume, somebody like Zeno or the Grand Priest, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if that's ultimately what will happen. I've been kind of talking about it a little bit, you know, the power of um, gods being openly utilized by mortals um, should be on somebody like the Grand Priest's radar, I feel, especially after the Tournament of Power. But if something were to happen where in Universe 7 ends up being destroyed... I mean, there's how, how does the grand priest not make a comment about that? You know, right? Um, even if even if it doesn't end up happening, and how was he not aware of it that the potential you know for that threat existed? How does he not make a comment about it at least? So, right. um, there was some confirmation yesterday through a Shonen Jump uh, scan that chapter sixty six is going to be the conclusion of the moral arc. Um, Goku versus Planet Eater Moro Climax Battle is the name of the chapter for, for next month. Uh, says November 20th for now. So we'll see if that date holds true. But um, what do you think is going to happen at the culmination of this arc, Leonard? Um, I think I don't. I Actually, for the first time, I can say I really don't know. I would like to say maybe... Just just maybe that we're going to see something where it's going to lead to a very dire consequence of Universe 7 itself um, in the sense where Goku's punished. I think I actually, I think I may have told you about my thought on it, but one of my biggest thoughts was that maybe we're going to see Goku being tried um, where Goku has been sort of the good guy this whole time, even though he, he has said in the uh, survival arc of Universe 7 that, oh, I'm not a good guy. I'm just a person who fights for my friends. But maybe this time we might actually see him getting tried because... When you say tried, do you mean like in a court? Yeah, or like something, something similar. Like uh, more like... 
like Big Yama, for example. Big Yama actually takes him down. It's like, okay, you know what? You're going to hell. Because you have given, like, how many times, how many people, so many chances just to win. So maybe Yama would be the dude to pull the trigger on that. I can kind of see what you mean. I I feel like that decision would be made higher up from somebody like Kinga, Enma, Yama, whatever we're calling him. But um, I don't know if they'll ever do something that inspired where there's like some kind of, you know, ethical question as to what Goku's intentions are on a grander scale outside of his friends and people who are directly impacted by his actions, you know, outside of like the billions of earthlings who may or may not die in the, you know, grand scale of a battle or whatever. Um, I'm curious to see, I don't know. I, I ultimately, we know ultimate, unfortunately, we know that earth is still going to be there at the end of Dragon Ball Z in some iteration. So like we ultimately know the threat of, some permanent lasting impact. It's not really there. Um, I just want to see something outside of this 10 year span so badly. Uh, I do feel like the only, and especially if it's going to wrap up and resolve this, this arc next month, the only way to do it is again, uh, the same way in which any arc in Dragon Ball has uh, Dragon Ball Super has wrapped up, in that there is some kind of godly or angel kind of interference into it. That's the the, the thing. The story gets so messy and fucked up that the only way to do it is to get these crazy powerful gods involved, and ultimately the efforts of Goku and Vegeta are nil. But um, that said the one thing I think that could come out of maybe left field that I think um, maybe not left field, but I I think maybe some people have it on their radar is now that Vegeta has become, uh, excuse me, now that Moro has become one with the planet earth and their fates are subsequently tied together that Vegeta's forced fission or forced spirit fission, I believe it's called could play some type of vital role in the ultimate win in separating Moro from the earth. Um, Reese, I don't know if you're there, but if you are, uh, any thoughts in particular on maybe Vegeta kind of squeaking in and and maybe getting his own? I would have said so last week, but just before anything could happen, he jumps in, self-sacrifices, and then... He would have maybe been able to keep his body in hell or in other world or whatever. Maybe go train with King Kai or whatever for a bit. Are you worried now, that? Did, did, are you worried that the King of Hell comment that he made a few months back is going to kind of come back to to factor in? Because if that's where I you're going, so. I don't and think this that's is, a, this is well, not so much that, but this is where I'm going with it now, and it's a bit of a GT pull as well. Ooh. Is what if they just? Say, okay, the fight with Morrow's concluded. Morrow stays as the planet. They have no choice but to evacuate. And they're just sitting there on Beerus's planet thinking, what the fuck do we do? And then Goku goes, oh, what about the universal Dragon Balls? And then we have a Dragon Ball adventure with that to make a wish to separate Morrow from the planet so they can have one last fight and that's it. See, uh, uh, last week I thought, I would have thought maybe that's a, possibility but knowing now that the the shonen jump scans came out and said that 66 will be the end of this arc i just don't think that they've got the time to try to play that I think out they're gonna ha- they're gonna have to do something with some sort of dragon ball to revitalize the earth and separate morrow from it because I don't, unless unless vegeta does his thing and that's what kills him that self-sacrifice thing yeah, unless Vegeta comes in and manages to somehow separate the two from one another, and you know maybe he sacrifices himself in the process, and you know yeah. we'll see what happens then. And that would be a very interesting conversation, given that you know he had his King from Hell comment, you know, not too long ago. Um, yeah, well, saying that he's going to hell already, and he knows that. So, oh, imagine if that's how it ends up. He just sacrifices himself to separate Moro from the Earth and ends up in hell. At least he gets a win. At least yep. at the end of the That'd day, the us, as fans, 
Yeah, us as fans get what we want in a but shit way, but cost? we still get it. But at what cost? But we can always Everything. wish him back. Yeah. We can always we wish him back. We can try to wish him back. So I, I think that's maybe what a lot of people have considered is like, you go to Namek, get the Earth, uh, get the Namek Dragon Balls, wish Earth back. I think but there may been... be a problem that that wish has already been made. So Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That that's People have already been revived from it. Yeah, so the Namek Dragon Balls I don't think exist as a potential bailout. The Super Dragon Balls might. Um, the Power of Gods might, whether that is um, Whis, the Grand Priest, Zeno, whomever. Um, ultimately, though, if they're trying to say that next month is the last chapter for this arc, I have to feel like it's got to be some kind of godly interference to try to yeah. completely wrap this thing up. Zeno comes down again because we've got the God button to press. Yeah, man. Goku just has to reach in his back pocket and boomo. Boomo yeah. kablamo. It's, it's shit because they could have had so much more to that character tomorrow, like through the whole thing. They could have had so many more cool things going for him. Well, they started off with, they started off so nicely with him, man, and given him a yeah. history that tied deeply to like this old ancient magic with the Majin Buu and and Dai Kaioshin. Like, yeah. they gave him a very interesting beginning and start to this arc, and everyone was fascinated and on board with it because even though it was some recycled material in some sense, it wasn't material that has been recycled very often. To, yeah. to, to reach back to the early parts of the Majin Buu arc when magic became such a prevalent thing that it kind of came and went before it was, you know, taking, um, before it was ultimately uh, traded in for, um, you know, brute power and transformations again, as we're seeing at the latter parts of this arc. It started off so interestingly. So to see it kind of peter out into nothing at the end here, like, it's the biggest, it's the biggest cock tease, dude. It's, it's kind of the worst. <laughs> um, in terms of chapter 66, I don't know, man. I think we kind of already laid out some predictions, but um, it should be coming out. It's crazy to say, but it should be coming around. Um, it should be coming out around Thanksgiving, which is super crazy. Um, so on or around November 20th, I'm not sure what day of the month that is, but, uh, we'll definitely be doing another, um, live discussion. We'll see if it's live on YouTube or just live in our fucking zoom conference or not. But, uh, Reese Leonard, um, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk about chapter 65. Uh, anything we got to get out for you guys, Leonard, what's going on in the MPC pod world, dude. Uh, well, we're back on regular schedule, so that's always a plus. Uh, we've been making, uh, we've been doing a little bit more things. We're coming out to our 69th episode, so nice. we're going to talk about something very interesting in that episode, so stay tuned for that. Um, more skits are on the way, because I actually write most of them, and Paul pr- critiques it, and we both work on it together. Hell yeah. uh, b- besides that, MPC Adventures, I'm actually going to be on that uh, that series soon don't know when but that's like an offshoot of the npc pod npc adventures yeah so it's pretty much uh dungeons and dragons in a sense and i've never played it before so it's going to be interesting you've never played dnd man nope never so interesting that you bring it up because um you know we tried to do the live stream tonight fucked it up i'm kind of aggravated still trying not to dwell on it too much but I have been doing some work on setting up um, a Twitch channel over the last week. Like we've had one for a little bit. I haven't really used it, but uh, had one professionally set up. I think on Thursday nights, we're going to start doing a role-playing game night with uh, Carlton and a couple of other friends. So uh, I think we're going to start with d and I'm not sure if we're going to do 3.5 or 5th edition. We might do 3.5 because that's closer to how we played when we were kids, but I am blown away that you have never played D&D, man. What kind of character do you want to make? Um, I'm going to leave that for the episode because my episode, my character is going to be <laughs> very interesting to say the least. It's going to be inspired by a lot of games that I actually love and still love. And it's also going to tie in with some regular life stuff as well. Cool, man. Uh, Reese, uh, you got anything to say from the motherland of Australia, mate? Uh, she's getting wet. 
<laughs> <laughs> nice. Without the rain on me, so hopefully I'm packing up the tools and uh, going. Oh hell yeah, it. dude! You got an early day. You get to go home and relax a little bit. Yeah, if it rains, yeah, it'd be good. Nice, dude. Nice. Rain I actually, <laughs> uh, I have to go. Your your work schedule kind of reminds me of Jimmy's. Like if Jimmy gets uh, rained on, he has to usually leave home, leave home, leave work to go home. Um, I have to go babysit his kids again tomorrow. Uh, dude, I wish Jimmy and his girl would just have this goddamn baby already, man. She's got all these doctor's appointments and they're like, hey, can you just pop over? And I'm like, of course, I love these kids so much. I'll help take care of them when you got to go to the doctor. But just give me this fucking new baby, man. Jameson Skywalker, Jimmy Jr. I can't wait to meet the kid. <laughs> Um, so that's going to do it for super dope this week. If you made it to the end of my, um, incessant ramblings, uh, yet again, and you have yet to leave us a review on Apple podcasts, please help me. You fuck. Just do it. All right. Jesus. I don't think it's that much to ask, but apparently it is. It's been a few years now and you still haven't done it. Just do it. Uh, also share it with your friends. That helps too. Um, hopefully next month we'll be doing some kind of live stream on YouTube. I fucking hold my goddamn breath because I can never overcome the technical difficulties. So for those who consistently tune in to see if maybe this is the month in which I conquer my YouTube technical difficulties, tune in again next month to see if I'm yet again bested by the internet. Um, yeah, that's going to do it, man. Uh, also, if you have been watching the video, which I recorded to subsequently um, upload to YouTube afterwards, you've seen this dope-ass Tenkaichi Budokai set off here, you know, over here to my side here. It is so cool, man. Um, I bought like five or six different um, figures on Prime Day for very cheap, and I'd forgotten that I pre-ordered this thing like three months ago. And they just so happened to come in on the same day in the same package together. Um, super destructive environments. I just want to make craters in the tiles and fuck up some signs. So that's a long way to say, if you don't follow us on Instagram, me and Jimmy will be unboxing this bad boy on Friday night. Hopefully this will be up on Friday morning. So if you're here at the end, go to Instagram at dbsuperdope. Follow us and watch me open my toys. God damn it. Um, all right. That's going to do it. Anything else, boys? We good? What are we doing? Where are we dropping, boys? Uh, what the, the question is, what are we dropping? Not where are we dropping? <sighs> yeah, man. One of these days, I'm going to drop some shrooms. I'm going to drop some acid, some psychedelics. I'm going to microdose myself straight out of this second grade depression that I've had since, as the name implies, the second grade. Na 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 na. Microdose depression on my way.